in a world driven by selfies and social media, where empathy and entrepreneurs are considered contradictory. One podcast has set out to put empathy back in the boardroom by hearing from the best entrepreneurs around the world. Empathize It will hear from the leaders of the digital economy and learn how the soft skills drive their business. This is the Empathize It podcast. So I am here in Jerusalem. This is the first time I'm actually doing a live recording in Jerusalem. I'm actually meeting Rena Freeman Watts for the first time ever off of LinkedIn. So that's awesome already. Hi, Rena. Hi. How's it going? We're actually standing right about in, the, in between the old and the new Jerusalem, where the old city of Jerusalem meets the new part of the city. So that's awesome too. And we're going to talk quickly because uh, she's on the way to some uh, personal engagement, and I'm also here in between lunch kind of thing. So we're going to talk quickly. Uh, so Rena, why don't you tell us about yourself quickly? So I am recently now casting for a new podcast. Um, this all came to about from soft skills, actually. Um, I started working on a podcast about five months ago with someone that I had met off of LinkedIn. I ended up booking an incredible guest on this impromptu podcast that I joined. Um, I have a girlfriend who has a much more successful podcast than, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say ours isn't awesome because it's growing and I'm very excited about it, but she has four, almost 4 million downloads on her show. And I was like, hey, I just got this awesome YouTuber on our show. He's got about 3 million followers. He's a backup dancer to Madonna and uh, Selena Gomez, Britney Spears. He has an incredible story. He was one of my favorite guests. I think you should check him out. He's in LA. You're in LA. So she was into his story. He was into her show. I match made them, flew out to LA, crashed with her, hadn't seen her in 11 years, had never met him for the first time. And after I gave him her as a freebie, she was like, I want you to start booking me talent for my show. Cool. So that just recently happened, and I honestly hopped that flight and had no idea where those relationships were going to go, but I am a natural relationship builder and love podcasters and love connecting with people, and I'm figuring out how to monetize brokering these types of relationships. Okay, awesome. So monetizing relationships off of social media, off of networking is probably one of the things I, I recognize that you're doing an amazing job in doing that. So. How important it is to you when you're talking to people about whether you're about to secure new business for yourself or working with people who are looking to secure new business for themselves, how important is it that you're trying to make that network and that soft-skilled interaction between people? How important is that? I go into every relationship thinking, you know, is there a possibility that we might be able to be friends, work together, have synergies? That's obviously not going to happen with everyone. And I don't go into relationships thinking like I'm going to try to sell them. It's more of, is there chemistry between us? Do I like what they're doing? Do we vibe together? Do I want to keep this relationship going? That's kind of more of like my thought process. And then think like this relationship that just came together happened over an 11 year span. Right. Like I knew her before she got married. I knew her before she started this podcast. I knew her before she had kids. We've just like stayed in each other's lives and now I like what she's doing and we're both in the podcasting world and now we're able to work together. That's so. awesome. I mean, that's it's taking those relationships, nurturing them, cultivating them is the key to any good successful business relationship. And it's not only about, find, you know, it's obviously about opportunities and making sure that the timing is right. So 11 years is incredible. What else do you see when in terms of business skills versus let's call it the less popular business skills that are softer oh, yeah. skills that I always think are more important and sometimes 
usually are the ones that secure the business at the end of the day because people can you could I can buy from any provider but if I have a better relationship and I feel that soft skill like you said the that vibe and the connection is is there it makes it always stronger what about your what are your opinions on that and how do you help uh, get more podcasts for for secure more podcasts for clients like that you know it's interesting I honestly have kind of been kind of using this podcast that you know I'm doing for myself this next level people one to screen the people really because I'm like hey if they do an awesome job on my show then I want to get them on other shows oh cool that's and I'm willing to give people a shot on my show that doesn't mean I'm necessarily air them if they right. suck right. <laughs> you know right but I'm willing to give a first time person that's never been on a podcast the opportunity if we have a great conversation and keep that conversation going and then if they rock mine, hey, right. let's talk about, you want me to get you on other ones. So you're using your new, uh, the Next Level Podcast as a way to kind of, great name, by the way, awesome name. Thank so you're you. using it kind of like a, a litmus test to see how they would do on interviews and also allow you to be, to kind of say, this would be good for this podcast, this podcast, and then start, you know, selling, you know uh, helping them get more opportunities. That's awesome. That's not what I necessarily planned for. Truthfully, I loved the co-host and we had been keeping in touch for a long time. We actually connected over our love for Michaela Alexis like two years ago. And then we found out we had the same birthday. We got married a day apart. We have the same number of kids in the same order. So again, building that relationship, checking in with each other. And then he lost his job around the same time I lost my job. And he was like, hey, I started this, uh, uh, like, uh, what did he say? Like, unsuccessful podcast with, you know, way back. And now I'm starting another one. And, and he was like, I'm looking for somebody to book me guests. I was like, I love booking guests. I used to work in, you know, casting. I've worked um, in reality TV. I would love to bring you some stories. So it started off like that. And then he was like, oh, you know, would you be interested in co-hosting it? So very naturally evolved. And then I was like, wow, this is a great platform that I could leverage. Like, not only am I constantly connecting with people, but now I can take those connections and maybe use them in another way. Awesome. So you've turned your own kind of, you know, natural curiosity about podcasting into actual business. <laughs> and you actually turned it into a business opportunity with that was obviously your turn of events and his turn of events all came together. And now you're taking this network opportunity to build more business for yourself as well as for other people, which is awesome in terms of just paying it forward for people. Obviously, you get paid for it, too. Exactly. And when you started out, you obviously had no idea that this was really going to happen like this, which is great. <laughs> I, think it's, I think that's the best way. Most of the times, people's, you know, turn of events or, you know, life events, that's kind of usually what happens. Like the lucky things just trying to drop in, drop in your lap. What about the... Um, I guess what, what would you give advice in terms of people who are trying to either secure new podcast opportunities or new any kind of, it doesn't have to be a podcast, but any new press opportunities? So I think one, know what you like to talk about, kind of have like five bullet points of like what subjects you can speak on. And if really it's only a couple subjects, phrase it in a couple different ways, because you know, even if you want to get on like a news station, the way that you title it matters. And it could be the same subject worded in a different way. And they could be like, oh, I might be able to use that later. And they might put you in like their evergreen content folder right. of, you know, I need a story. Let me look. Oh, that's a great idea for later. So I would have like five baked ideas of like things that you could speak to, things that you're knowledgeable about, things that you've experienced. So if somebody's like, you know, looking for guests, then you can speak to different subjects. I, I would put together like almost like 
a bio, um, speaking points, you know, have a professional headshot ready um, so that somebody can quickly, if they're looking for a guest, like market you. Awesome. And you mentioned before that you're on, you were on reality TV. Yeah. So you wanna, let's talk about that for a second. You want to know like all yeah. of the shows I've worked on? Yeah, or get, that start? Yeah, have that start. Or, get, yeah okay. talk about you know some of your experiences, funny, not so funny. Okay. Um, so in college, I worked for an NPR station, and I used to read the news and the weather, and thought I wanted to work in radio. I, that's why I think oh, truthfully that it's kind of turned into the podcasting. Like, I don't love speaking in front of huge audiences. That's never been like I pushed myself to get in front of the camera. Um, so I went to Chicago and interviewed at WGN and wanted to work in radio and that didn't end up happening. But while I went up there for that interview, I saw that Jerry Springer was looking for interns. There was like a flyer in the same courtyard. And so I walked over to NBC Tower, told him I had an interview with the intern coordinator, got through security and ended up starting two weeks later. So awesome. that is like... So you've been on Jerry Springer. That was my first job. Is it really true that all those fights happen in real life? That is the number one question <clears throat> I get asked. Um... There are a lot of true elements to it, and I had to sign a very thick non-disclosure. Um, and I will say that it was Is much it still active the non-disclosure. I don't no. know. Actually, the show is just wrapped. Okay. And he just got picked up for another show called Judge Jerry, and I just recently reached out to his publicist. I'm like, you do know that I have court clearance, and all the Chicago courts from working on Judge Alex for four seasons would love to work on Judge Jerry. Hint, hint. Um, so yeah, I start off at Jerry Springer. Um, it is much easier to produce real content versus staged content. Um, then I went on and I moved to LA and I worked, I actually had to start all the way over, even though Jerry qualified me to be in the producer's guild because I had produced enough shows to get myself into the producer's guild. I knew no one and I started completely over moving to LA. There weren't a whole lot of shows in Chicago. So then I had to start over, um, moved to LA, took an executive assistant role to three pretty established producers, and then learned the whole ins and outs of like the business side of film. So I learned the accounts payable and receivable side, SAG contracts, uh, payroll. I worked on Team America, which uh -huh. is a pretty big production of Paramount Film. Um, so that was my first feature, but I was like on the paperwork side. But then after I did a lot of networking and meeting people, I was then able to like land a job in the field and I went back out with BH1. Um, then I landed Nanny 911, worked on that for three seasons. So I really worked on like non-scripted television. That's awesome. So you're doing like a lot of the live stuff, which is really like, in a sense, it's kind of like what radio really is. Like the good classic radio was, or still is, is like that, the back and forth, the live stuff, not the recorded, pre-recorded things where people feel like it's very canned and very, you know, staged. You're doing that anyways now with your with your podcast and helping people get that. Do you help train people to get more comfortable with the with the podcast or with on camera? Whether so, I really try most of the time to talk to the podcasters at least once if I haven't been following their content for a very long time and know who these people are. Like obviously, there's some people on LinkedIn that they put out a lot of content and just from you know following their content and engaging with them for years, you like right. feel like you know them. But if they're new and I've, you know, had no engagement with them back and forth and they've reached out to me and they're like, I have a story, I, I try to at least get on the phone with them and spend an hour to kind of see like what their story is and what we're going to have a conversation about and whether I want to. <laughs> okay. And so you get the, you've gotten, you've kind of, you know, transitioned back from the, trying to be on radio back to podcasting, which is basically radio again. You've helped get people, secure new business, pay it forward with people to get new business and giving yourself a new opportunity, new platform for great success. 
if you could envision success right now for yourself in terms of podcasting, in terms of helping new people get new business, get uh, networking opportunities, whatever it is, what would you, well, how would you envision it? So eventually, I would like to have my own show. I thought by teaming up with someone else who, you know, could give me a different perspective, who maybe had other things to bring to the table that I didn't have to bring to the table, that that was a great way to enter into podcasting. And we've been doing that for the last five months. I'm really proud of us. Like we've had some incredible stories. Um, Name one favorite while well, before you finish the game. Yeah. So my partner from Tony Robbins gave me a book as a present and um, it was this girl, her name is Polo Tate. She was like 4.0 oh, I student. I think she was on Tony. Deep Dark Blue. Yeah, okay. So she was a 4.0 student. It was her dream to go to the United States Air Force Academy. She played three varsity sports. Um, and then she went to the United States Air Force Academy, was abused by a higher up, and then reported them, won the case, and then somebody who sided with the abuser abused her, and then that was it. She left, wrote a book, is now in the process of writing a second book and developing a television series. I've been bullied, I haven't been abused, but I was on the edge of my seat during this book cheering for her and I hated the other people. And I got to interview her and she was one of my favorite guests. I mean, after the podcast, I ended up spending like an additional hour on the phone with her awesome. and I would love to get her on other shows. Cool. I get excited by getting other people opportunities and being behind the scenes of that. I, I get excited by that. It sounds like you're getting really excited <laughs> about just talk, talking about the fact that you were able to talk to her and also being able to get her... Um, excited for, for for her on other opportunities, which is great. And I think that's really where the, the difference between someone who's good at what they do, whether it's you know podcasting, securing podcasting, any opportunity is that passion that really kind of drives forward. Because someone I know who's a mentor to me says passion passion is addictive. So as soon as you walk in the room you feel something's passion, you're just like, I want that person, whether it's you know a speaker, whether it's a salesperson, whatever it is, if they have that passion, they're going. And you want to go all there. And I noticed that when you speak on live, when you're speaking on to whether it's podcasts or LinkedIn Live, whatever it is, I notice that you have that passion on a lot of times when you're talking about your kind of your life story. I noticed a lot. Thank you. It's, it's great. What else would you say is important when you're looking for uh, podcast guests or people to, uh, in terms of their, uh, I guess, experiences that would be would be good for them to, uh, to to highlight? So like what you're talking about, that passion level, it's, it's definitely noticeable, even in, in the way that people tell their story. Um, if they're not in a place right now where they have that, it's probably not the best time for them to be on the show. Um, oh, man. So I worked for a financial firm up until the end of last year, mm -hmm. and um, it was around selling insurance. Right. And I have to say, I got insurance licensed and I put on five financial events and I filled the room and I liked the event planning side of it, but I was not passionate about selling insurance. I have to right. be honest. I was like, you know, so my, some of my friends have reached out to me and they're like, you know, my parents have X number of money in the bank and they've never, you know, done retirement planning. Can you refer me somebody who could help them? I'm like, I'd rather refer someone. Cause I'm like, even though I could sell them, like right. it's not something I'm passionate about. So even if you're not making money right. from what you're doing, but you are chasing something that you are passionate about, that's when I want to talk to you. Right, exactly. <laughs> and I think that's exactly the, 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 the key point here is that, that drive. You don't have to be making money to doing the things that you enjoy doing. You could be doing some other job. <clears throat> you recently did an event. Didn't you, recently, didn't you host an event recently? Uh, maybe I'm wrong. You hosted an event recently or you were at an event, or you were at an event in Madison, right? Tell us about that LinkedIn uh, local event at Madison. Yeah, so it's funny. Like, I wasn't on the panel. 
Um, it was my first LinkedIn event. <laughs> you know, you'd think I'd go to one in Chicago because it's a pretty big city. And I, I know a lot of the people on the planning boards of these things. But I went with a girlfriend, Jamie. We've done some like Jamie and Reen's on the scene videos. Um, met her off of LinkedIn also. That was like an instant connection from, from the very first day we met. And we hit the road together. I had never been to Madison, never been to a LinkedIn local. It was like new city, new experience, zero expectations. You know, the money went to charity, so I felt good about that. Um, and I enjoyed listening to the panelists because there was no pressure on me. All I had to do was like document what I learned. And what, and what, what give me three things that you took out of that event. Um, I remember even doing a post afterwards and one thing that I took was commenting. You can just be a commenter and give value from that and build an incredible network on LinkedIn just from commenting. Just building the community, building your own community and being engaged on, on, on the people's content. Just from commenting. Like Lila Smith has been a genius at that. And now she's like traveling internationally and she's got, you know, probably wow. 10,000 followers and you know, she didn't even really start doing video until this past year. She was just like expert commenter, like really listening to people's content and really providing like valuable feedback that can grow your network hugely. So that was something I took from it. Another thing was too, is like, there's such a small percentage of people that are creating. It's really a small percentage that, you know, put together something that you're passionate about, put together something that you can speak to. There's only one you don't care. Don't, don't feel judged and, and put it out there. And there's a pretty good chance that people are going, you're going to find your tribe that way. There's a pretty good chance you're going to connect with good people just from putting out video content awesome. because so, so few people are really doing it out of the amount of people that are on the channel. Okay. And the last thing you could think of, um, yeah. mm, that's hard. Those were like the two big ones. Let me think of one more. Um, hmm. LinkedIn really isn't a, a job board anymore. It is, you know. Well, clearly it's not anymore because there's a lot of LinkedIn events. There are a lot of people trying to connect with the people. And it's not only about I'm looking for putting up your resume anymore. That's not what it is anymore. It's become a much more sophisticated and robust social network. I'm sure that's what you're referring to. Right. I mean, it's, it's incredible. You can meet people on vacation. You can meet people, right. you know, at events. You can meet people in your own city. And I, I'm doing that. Like, um, one guy that I had on my podcast, he, he um, was a mentalist. And I had met him at a non-LinkedIn event, but a local event that I, I was invited to from a LinkedIner. And I had him on the podcast because he's like, work for Howard Stern. He does all these like cool magician mentalist tricks. And then as a thank you, I just did a little highlight reel of like the event he took me to. And then that led me to get like somebody seeing that and inviting me to another event the same week. Wow. And then at that next event, I got like literally I went to three events in one week. And then I just did the same thing. because I was like, this is working. Right. Just do a little highlight reel. Talk about the value you got from the events. And, you know, I'm not making money, but these things cost a thousand dollars to go to and people right. are inviting me to them yeah, exactly sometimes <laughs> you have to just be willing to put in an extra couple of minutes of time and then and then provide the value and sometime down the line that you'll, you'll get the whether it's a free ticket whether it's a yeah opportunity you never know where it's going to lead and like <clears throat> by me hopping on that plane to la i hadn't seen that girl in 11 years i had never met the youtuber i honestly was like this is crazy it could go one way or another but it seems like why not awesome 
So before we kind of conclude, because I don't want to take too much of your time, you're on vacation here. <laughs> I just happened to be in Jerusalem. You happen to be in Jerusalem <laughs> at the same time. I live here. You don't. Um, if you had to give one piece of advice to people who are whether looking to secure a podcast, looking to grow their, uh, I guess their less core business skills, and one most people would be assuming they're artificial part of being a business. What would you give? You know, it really, really, really is about providing value in your posts. Like, it's not about putting up a perfect picture of yourself. It's not about um, tagging 10,000 people in your posts. If you can continue to provide value, it stands out. If you can give tips, if you can give access, if you, you know, are putting together events or know about events or, you know, know about things that people might be interested in, offer that stuff up. That attracts people. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, thank you much for being taking the time. I know it's a little crazy about doing your vacation. It's awesome to be able to speak to you in this beautiful setting. Yeah. <clears throat> in the post, I'll actually include a picture of us together. Um, so that would be great. So here's Rena, And thank you so much for taking the time, everyone. Be sure to sign up for the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. And remember, the next time you're doing business in the digital economy, make sure to empathize it.